Okay, please rise for the reading of God's Word. We're in 1 John chapter 2. Going through 1 John chapter by chapter, verse by verse. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and an usher will give you a Bible. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 8. This is John writing by the Holy Spirit. He says this again. A new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's pray. Father, so much about light and darkness in these first 20 verses of 1 John. Lord, we want, uh, we want the light. And Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would manifest yourself to us today. You'd show yourself to us. You'd show us, what does that even mean, going into the light? or walking in the light, or walking in darkness, Lord. We want to walk in the light. We open up your word, this love letter to us today, in order to, to understand that, Lord. We don't know. We come here because we want to know. We want to know you. We want to know the way into your heart. We want to be people as David says that he was a man after your heart. We want to be like that. We don't want to be any other people other than those who are seekers after your heart, Lord. And Lord, we do pray for the team in Columbia. We pray that you would use them. I believe Jordan is talking this morning, uh, preaching. I pray that you bless him. I pray that just unity and love there in Columbia. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So there's a lot of talk in the first... 20 verses in this letter about light and darkness. Up to this point, five times he mentions the word dark, five times he mentions the word light. It's interesting that the book of John, written by the same man, this is the Apostle John, but the book of John begins the same way. I'll read to you some verses there. You don't have to go there. But the very beginning of the book of John, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Verse 4 says, in him was life, meaning in Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this is John the Baptist. This man came 
for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Lots of lights. Then in John chapter 3, that's the famous chapter where Jesus says, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He goes on in verse 20 and he says, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And that's a theme actually throughout the book of John and in John's letter. So, later on in John, Jesus just comes out and says this in John chapter 8. He says, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So, similarly, in 1 John chapter, uh, the fir- verse 5 of, of chapter 1 of 1 John, again, not to be confused with the gospel of John, the end of the verse it says this, it says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Lots of talk about light. Now, if Jesus is light, what does that make you? Anybody? Children of the light, son of the light, daughter of the light. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, you are children of the light. All of you? Well, not necessarily. Depends on whether you have received the light of the world, Jesus, the light of the world, into your heart. Back in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, right? And so, or put another way, put another way, here again, John chapter 12, lots of talk about light. John, believe in the light so that you may become children of light. Look at this verse. I don't usually quote the message. The message um, is actually an interpretation, not a translation. But I like this verse. This is from, uh, is it from 2 Corinthians? It says this. It started, what started? Your relationship with God. It started when God said, light up the darkness. And our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ. In other words, he fills someone with light at the point that they believe in him. So you're not just born as a child of the light. That's really popular nowadays, new age kind of thinking. We all have the light in us. No, 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 no. You're not just born as a child of light, but when you receive Jesus in your light, you're literally flooded with the light of God. And many of you here today, you can relate to that. When you became a Christian uh, in a matter of days, the the whole world went from making not a whole lot of sense to, wow, 
making a lot of sense. This, is, this, is, this actually makes sense now. There's just a big jumble of pieces of puzzle everywhere, and, and, and the, the light comes flooding in, just like as we just saw in 2 Corinthians. It says God he floods us, the light comes in, and all of a sudden, whoa, I, I kind of get it now. Children of the light, you're not born that way. But when you receive Jesus, when you receive the light of the world into your, into your heart, that's, that's what happens. So with all that, let's go to where we began this morning in verse 8 of First uh, John 2. It says, again, a new commandment I write to you. Which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Now, we talked a lot about this verse last week. What John is saying is this. He's saying, I'm giving you a new commandment. He calls it here a new thing. And he says, which is true. And it's true not only about Jesus, but about you. That because you have Jesus, the light of the world, living in you, the darkness is fading away and the light is growing. That's true of your life. That's what he's saying. Talked a lot about that last week. If you weren't here, you may want to get the, the, the CD. So one of the verses that we uh, put up on the screen, Matthew 4, 6, 4, 16, this is about Jesus when he first came and started his ministry in the north part of Israel. It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, a light has dawned. And, and, and so as we, we talked about last week, Jesus started his ministry. Eyes of the blind were being opened, ears of the deaf, uh, the lame, man, uh, lame people walked, the dead were raised, demons were cast out of people. Jesus preached the kingdom of God, which is also, by the way, called the kingdom of light, kingdom of God, kingdom of light. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 says that, the kingdom of light, and, and oh man, did darkness begin to, to scatter. So just like um, verse 8 says, the darkness is passing away. Just as it was in Jesus' life, it will be in yours. There's a thousand examples. I could just line up people with testimonies of people in this room that as, as they brought the life of Christ, their life, the light of the world living in them, into their workplace, into their homes, into their neighborhoods, slowly but surely, sometimes really fast, the darkness began to scatter. I've talked to you guys. I know your stories. I know, I know that I know that I know. This has happened with so many of you. So that's what um, verse uh, 8 there is talking about. As was the case in Jesus is the case in you. I love this verse from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. The path of the righteous. Now that would be you if you've asked Jesus into your life because the Bible says you've been clothed with the righteousness of Christ. But I love this. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. That is you. That is you. You have so much to look forward to. That is you. Or is it? Is it you? 
Is it you? This verse. Well, let's read verse 9, because maybe not. He who says he is in the light. Oh, I'm in the light. I have Jesus. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. So, so Sean, can we get that verse back up? Maybe this isn't you, is what John is saying. It's very popular, very vogue. I'm a child of the light. There's even a couple, unfortunately, cults that named themselves that. <laughs> Children of the light. They, 20, 30 years ago, I don't hear about them anymore, but is, is it you? Does this represent you? Is your light shining brighter and brighter until the full, uh, until the full day? Jesus, uh, rather John here in verse 9, and I said about John, he doesn't pull any punches. Anyone who says he is in the light but hates his brother is in darkness until now. You see, now listen carefully now, this is really important. You can be a child of light, but not be in the light. Everyone with me? Yes or no? Yes? You can be a child of light, but not be walking in the light. Turn back to chapter 1, verse 6. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So even though you're a child of light, you, me, we have the capacity to walk in darkness. Look at, look at verse 9, or rather look at verse 11 now of chapter 2. But he who hates his brother is, is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. He who hates his brother, he who hates his sister, she who hates her brother, she who hates her sister. So let's talk about this word, hate. Yeah, I came to church to learn about love. Well, you don't fully understand love until you understand a little bit about what hate is. What is hate? What does that mean, that word hate? Most of us see that word and we think, well, that's what other people do. I don't hate anyone. Hmm. Maybe by your definition. But I don't think by the Bible's definition. What is hate? Let's read verse 9 and 10 together of chapter 2. And I think it'll draw us a little closer to our understanding of what this word means. Hate. Verse 9. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Oh, my. Do these two verses put together mean that if I'm not loving someone, I'm hating them? Surely that's not what it means. Don't tell me that. Holy Spirit. Hmm. We think of hate. We think of someone who wants to murder someone. And you know, Jesus sort of kind of talks about that very thinking in Matthew chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. 
This is Jesus speaking in the Sermon of the Mount. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fire of hell. Oh, my So here's the deal. If you are living in anger towards someone, the world would call you probably something like unhealthy. They wouldn't pin the name hater on you. Well, that would be not very nice, not very swell. But the Bible calls that hatred. So you're with a bunch of people and you're enjoying yourself. Someone... Someone, that someone, comes into the room. And all of a sudden, you're not enjoying yourself anymore. You have anyone like this in your life? No, no, don't raise your hand. (laughs) I do. This person walks into the room. You find yourself fighting off anger towards the person, unforgiveness, bitterness. The Bible calls that hatred. If you... Hate your brother or sister. If you have unforgiveness in your heart towards them, bitterness, anger, you are not in the light. You're walking in darkness. Why? Because God is light and God is what? Love. So now we're going to talk about love. God is love. Anyone here think they've never memorized a verse of the Bible? It's just changed right now. God is love. And God's highest priority for your life is that you love as he loved. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 through 4 is one of the many places we learn where love is in terms of what God's priority is for you. Verse 2 says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, though I have the gift of prophecy, in other words, if I have the gift that everyone oohs and ahs about, a prophetic gift, the gift of, um, of telling people the truth and speaking truth into their life and, and bringing out the Bible and, 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 and just in, in, in a very powerful way um, expounding its truth so that it goes into a person's very soul. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. I would say that's a pretty high priority love has. Verse three, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, this means, you know, what happens when you start running a race and, you know, the, the, the 800 meter race, it was one of the hardest races out there, you know, 50 yard dash, that's a piece of cake. You do the 50 yard dash, what's 800 divided by 50? Anyone? 16, 16 times your body is going to be burning. And, 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 and you, you're, you could be serving God so much that your body is burning, it says, but if you have not love, it profits me nothing. I would say that's a pretty high priority. Nothing? Nothing in the Greek is nothing. Nothing. Wow. 
So back to John, 1 John chapter 2, uh, verse 9, it says, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. The point being this, John is saying, you cannot possibly be in the light and stop saying you're in the light if you're hating a brother or a sister, because if you were in the light, God would have none of that. He would be speaking to you in the most clear and direct way. You need to stop hating your brother. You need to forgive them. You need to put aside your anger and your bitterness. It's true. So oftentimes, you know, when someone's struggling with another person, and and let me tell you, there may be really, 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 really good reasons you struggle with someone. I mean, you may have just gotten a a dagger into your back and intentional by a brother or sister, and yes, that does happen in the body of Christ. We are a hospital for saints, people, not rather a hospital for sinners, not a museum of saints. So it does happen. But oftentimes when, when, when I'm talking to someone and, and, and they're struggling so much, they're, 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 they, they're, they're usually coming to me because they want justice. And they will, somehow they think I can be the dispenser of justice. But what I oftentimes will say, have you been in the word of God and in prayer about this? Well, don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me about going to light. No, no, I don't want justice here. You know, this is what happens. Again, verse 11. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Again, what is darkness? We talked about that last week, the week before, and a couple weeks before that. Darkness is any area of your life in which you're shutting God out and you are refusing to let him in and you're refusing his light to shine in. He loves you, he wants you to come to him, but you're refusing. Why? Because you don't want to go to the light. Because you know what's going to happen if you go there. And, and if we go to God about that someone in our life, we know what he's going to tell us, and we don't want to hear it. Why? Because we don't want to love that brother. We don't want to love that sister. If we're honest with ourselves, the opposite is true. We want to dislike them. We want to hold on to the bitterness. We want to hold on uh, to uh, the unforgiveness. Why? Because it's how we punish people. They've done something really bad to us, and they're getting away with it. No one's punishing him, so surely I can punish him or her just in my own heart with a bitterness that's just crying out in my own heart, just in my own heart, you know? Popping the person on the head, the unforgiveness. We don't go to the light because we don't want to go there. Because we want to, we don't want to forgive. We want to hold on to the bitterness. I'm speaking from experience, folks. But the Bible calls that darkness. You know why? Because someone has been punished for that thing that that man did to you. Someone's been punished already for what that woman did to you. Jesus was punished for it. 
And now what you're doing, you're trying to punish someone for something Jesus has already been punished for. And the Bible says, that's darkness. That's darkness. That, that's shrouding with your own bitterness. You're shrouding the cross. You're, you're, you're casting a shadow over the cross. Isn't it? Isn't what, how Jesus got punished for how that person stabbed you in the back, is, isn't that enough? Well, actually it is. And you know, sometimes we don't want to forgive or give up our hate. What we're really saying in our heart is, no, that wasn't enough. It's not, it, what happened on the cross is not enough. And what we're saying um, um, also is we don't go to the light on the, on the subject. We don't go to him. We don't take it to the light because we know that we're going to find out there. And what God is going to tell us there is that, wait, what about the times that you stabbed someone in the back and how I got punished for that. And, and the difference here is, well, I don't want to hear that, Lord. I, I, I want to just continue punishing this person in the heart. But, but we're living in darkness. Verse 9, for he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Let's not do that, brothers and sisters. Let's not cast the cross of Jesus Christ in the, in, the, in the shadow of our own bitterness. Because that's what we're doing. It is darkness. It's a serious thing. God is love. And if we don't love, and we're doing everything else imaginable, teaching Sunday school, working at a soup kitchen every other day, memorizing the Bible, but we don't have love. But we're still regarding hatred in our heart towards a brother or sister. Many times, brother and sister are in our own family, our own biological family, because that's where it hurts the most. It says we're walking in darkness. You don't want to do that. You're a child of the light. Verse 8, just as Jesus, in Jesus' life, the darkness faded away and the true light is, sh- is already shining, that's what you want to be. Uh, Sean, can we get Proverbs 4.13 up again? We want Proverbs 4.13 in, in our light, in our life. We want um, the path of our light to be like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. You know what happens? People in Christ, our light is, is expected because we've been given the power and the forgiveness and the grace to do so for our light to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But a root of bitterness or unforgiveness can, can put your growth, put your, your, your expansion of the light of your life on the shelf for years, even decades. If you're there this morning, bring that darkness, that unforgiveness to the light. I just told you what you were going to find there, but... Go for it, really, because this is what you want. This is what your legacy, that when you sit on your, when you're lying on your deathbed, this is what the legacy that you want. I know, I know you. I know this is what you want. 
But let's close with verse 10. This is a really, really interesting verse. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Stumbling here is a reference to sin. it's it's a little difficult to to understand this verse. Let me try to make it um, a, a little more clear to you. He who loves his brother abides in light and there is no cause for sin in him. Wow. Look at the first verse of this chapter. Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Wow, what a privilege. So right here in verse 10, we learn we learn of a way that we can get to this point where we're actually living a life where we're not slaves to sin anymore. When we're loving our brother. It says, if you love your brother, there will be no cause of stumbling in you, meaning if you are not loving your brother, if there's unforgiveness in your life, if there is bitterness in their life, you will find yourself sinning in all kinds of different ways, maybe completely unrelated to not loving your brother or sister. You'll be cursing at people in your work. You'll be stealing. You will be going into sexual morality. This this is powerful stuff. Love is such a high priority to God. Why? Because because it's in his character. It's in his nature. And and he wants it to be working out into our life. So, So much so, he's telling us, look, if this is absent into your life, there's a cause for stumbling. There's a cause for sin. You will be going into all kinds of different sin in your life. People come up, uh, uh, up to me and uh, oftentimes where they're struggling with a particular sin. Well, one thing to ask them is, well, is there a person in your life where there's unforgiveness? If, if you, in, here in this room, if, if you have this, this sin issue in your life, maybe completely unrelated to loving you got to ask yourself, please do, before you're here today. Before, but rather, before you leave today, please ask yourself, is there a person in my life that I'm holding on to unforgiveness? Because believe it or not, the sin there may be responsible for the sin over there. That's what this means. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. I love the word of God because it's the path to freedom where we're freed from having to sin. But hating, unforgiveness, bitterness is bondage. It's slavery. It's bondage. It is slavery. I want to close up uh, the service right now with the worship team playing something. And if you've been asked to pray, uh, please come up. But, you know, I, I just, wa- as we sing this closing worship song, just want to want you to open up your heart to the Lord as the worship team is worshiping. You know, I was just in Psalm 103 this morning. I've been going there a lot recently. In Psalm 103, it just begins with a very, very familiar psalm. Um, 
there's been songs put to this. It just says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. God wants us to bless him, to please him. Don't you want to make God smile? Well, it says that you just got to offer him all that is within you. It says, bless the Lord, O my, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know how you do it? You just bring all this gunk and you just give it to him. That's what blesses him. That's what blesses him. And so, um, okay, I just got a note that we have communion. You don't want to go to the communion table. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, before you go to communion, examine your heart. That's what it says. You don't want to go to communion with bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart. The Bible says, actually, if you do, you may be drinking judgment into your own life because the communion, the cup represents the blood. The bread represents his body. And by keeping that unforgiveness, that bitterness in your heart, what you may be doing is, is again, casting darkness on the cross. You don't want to do that. So as we get ready for, for communion, and man, I'm speaking to my own heart as well, because there are those people who come into a room and all of a sudden I quit enjoying myself. It's a, it can be a struggle. But the Bible says, take that darkness and just put in the light. Just open up your heart and let the light come in. God, come in. As we have communion. Or if there's anything else that you'd like to pray about. Something that you'd just like to get off of your chest. A burden that the Bible says you do not have to bear because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of the resurrection. Bible says that he died, was buried, and was resurrected the third day. The resurrection is, in a very real way, is part of the communion service because we, we not only remember the death, but the resurrection because, because of the resurrection, he has poured out, he's given you the power, he's given you the light. He had to resurrect, he had to ascend into heaven in order to pour down the light into you and flood your life with light. But if there is any, even a burden in your life is a form of darkness. No, just bring it into the light before the, the communion. And then as we're worshiping and praying, uh, just in your leisure time, we have cups in the back and uh, bread in the back. And if you could just go back at any time, really, while the worship team is playing, grab a cup, grab a piece of bread, come back to your seats. We will have communion together. Okay, let's worship, let's pray.